0: This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> when I was growing up, my favorite comic strip in the, in the uh, newspaper was Calvin and Hobbes. Do any of you remember that comic strip? Whenever I visited my grandparents during the summer, I would read the comics because that's the only part of the paper that I liked. Um, I would read the comics with my grandmother and we'd start with all of the other ones with like Beetle Bailey and Family Circus. And then we would end with Calvin and Hobbes because it was the best. And Calvin, of course, was always getting in trouble. He was letting his imagination get the best of him. And he was always interested in topics that were too big to imagine. And there's a very simple one of these comics that comes to mind. In it, Calvin walks outside at night and he looks up to the stars. And then the next scene, he yells to the stars, I'm significant! And then he looks back up at the stars. And then he says to the reader, said the speck of dust. And that's how I imagine the writer of Ecclesiastes, sitting down to write our passage for today. Having this huge existential crisis at the end of their life and screaming up to heaven, I'm significant, I exist. So this is the passage that I want to focus on this morning. Today is the only Sunday in the three year Sunday lectionary cycle where we get to hear from Ecclesiastes which is a shame because it's a completely bizarre book and that makes for the best biblical reading, in my opinion. <laughs> so I want to start off by recognizing the truth that the author is wrestling with, existing. Why are we here? What is it all, what is it all for? What is the meaning of life? It's the ultimate question. And so there must be an ultimate answer. And sadly, I do not have one to offer you. It could be a lot of things. To leave the world better than you found it. Life is what you make of it. To love God and love your neighbor. To realize that there's no place like home. This passage does not give us a nice little platitude to end with. Instead, it takes a decidedly negative view, really a realistic view of life. Life is difficult. You work and you work and you work and then you die and you leave everything to someone else. The writer says, all of their days are full of pain and their work is a vexation even at night. Their minds do not rest. We never get A break. Everything under the sun, everything that is in this world, it is vanity. I wanted to get, I wanted to get up here and sing, you remember that song, You're So Vain by Carly Simon? (laughs) I figured that it would not be good to do karaoke at nine o'clock in the morning. But that's not really the kind of vanity that we're talking about. This is something that's fleeting. Something that's temporary, it's like a breath. It immediately dissipates into the air, unseen, unheard, forgotten, and really of no consequence. Everything we think that matters, according to this author, doesn't. The meeting that you have this week, what if you don't make it? What if you skip it? or that list of tasks that you're supposed to complete, or that project that you're a little behind on. There may be consequences to not doing some things, but ultimately, you still wake up the next morning. Life goes on. God forbid that you're late to a Zoom meeting, and that's gonna really cause a world crisis, but life moves on. Things are not so important as we make them out to be. So I do want to take the author's words seriously, as negative as they might seem, because the things we do, the, accomplish, the accomplishments that we make are not the meaning of life. I can only wonder what this author would think writing in the present day of all the things that are going on in the world. I wonder what they would think if they had seen all of the pictures of space that we have. There are All of these pictures looking back at Earth from outer space, like the ones from the moon, where you kind of see half the world, or you see the whole world. And then there are other ones, like a probe going through the rings of Saturn that looks back at the Earth, and it's this tiny, tiny little blue dot in the middle of nothing. That is where we are, screaming out to existence. I'm significant. So there must be value somewhere then. There must be value in something. And I wonder what's valuable to you. It's kind of like the question, if you could grab one thing, if your house was burning down, what would you grab? What would it be? What is the one thing that you value most, that has the most value? worth. Chances are it's something sentimental, something given to you by a beloved family member, something that you have from your or your child's childhood. Maybe it's a picture, but even then, what's the value in that object? I have always been interested in old stuff. I always went to all of the yard sales and antique shops and secondhand stores with my grandmother and my mother. When I was really little, when I was really little, they would tell me to put my hands behind my back so that I didn't break anything. And so now I still walk with my hands in my pockets (laughs) if I ever go through one of those stores because I don't want to break anything. And have you ever stopped to think about where all of that stuff comes from? All of the lives and memories that were once Attached to all of these things. All of this stuff that is discarded and sold after a family member passes away. There's usually always some box in one of these stores that has old pictures. And I always wonder who they were, what were they doing? And we have to realize that one day, all of my stuff is going to be in a store just like that. Ecclesiastes tells us that even things, even all of these things that we think are valuable, are vanity. They're fleeting. They're like breath. It's all left to someone else. So if stuff isn't valuable, then what is? Maybe it's money, but that's really just a promise from the government. A dollar is only worth a dollar because our government says so, it's not backed up by anything. What about famous artworks? Those will all decay eventually. What about diamonds? Have you ever thought about how much those are worth? If you were indoctrinated by the De Beers commercials in the 90s, you would remember that a diamond is forever. All of these shadowy figures putting on diamond rings with a, with a big violin climaxing at the very end to make you think that it's something special. But are they really valuable? They're not rare. It's just that one company has a monopoly on things. They're certainly not forever. You might not be able to scratch a diamond, but you can smash it and you can burn it. And it's not even the most refractive of gemstones. The only value it has is what society says it actually has. It is just an element from the ground compressed carbon and you are made of that exact same element you are a carbon-based life form all of life as we know it is do you realize that you are worth so much more than a stone and i think that's the importance of this reading for us today How far can our human rationality take us? It really only takes us to a certain point. So ultimately, the author is right. The world is passing away. It's temporary. All of our aspirations, our achievements, all of our buildings and projects, all of the things that we hold on to in the timeline of the universe, it's just a breath. And so I think we're only left with one thing. And that's the thing that the author is really wrestling with and that is time. If there is anything of value in this world, it must be time. Time is a thing, even though we can't hold it or see it. It's part of creation. It's something that's measurable, right? We have clocks that measure it, we have calendars, we organize our whole lives around time. And that's the unique thing about our species. That's what God has given us. We have the self-awareness to know that something is coming next, not just something far in the future, but literally, something is happening, is going to happen within the next hour, within the next 10 minutes, within when I finish this sermon. Something is going to happen. We measure time by all of these things that change. Something happens, something changes, something is transformed over a period of time. And so if we only think like Ecclesiastes, then we might wonder, what's the point? If all things are vanity, fleeting, and temporary, what is the point? We like to tell ourselves that we are supposed to be present in this moment. But the present is not really a moment. It's just who we are. It's the moment of change where the future becomes the past. And For all the overwhelming negativity of this passage in Ecclesiastes, for looking at our place in an infinitely huge universe, from thinking about the fleeting nature of all things, Ecclesiastes, ultimately invites us into examining our use of time, our use of this very short, present moment. Because if we are to find meaning, I think it is encountering God in this continuous change of moving forward into a future with God. Encountering God in everything. Everything. Remember that we are in ordinary time in our church, in the green part of the calendar. So we are living out this message of the gospel, spreading the love of Christ, living as Christ lived, following this call to love others. And that living out, that spending of our time is where the gospel breaks into this story in Ecclesiastes. We must look for where God is where the Spirit is acting, and we must be part of that. It's not like Advent or Christmas or Easter where we know and remember a specific thing about how God interacted with us. Now is the time for us to be intentional and look for the value in all of the ordinary moments that are happening. So don't get too caught up in preparing that you forget what is beyond all that we can see, beyond everything that's under the sun. And don't fall into this trap of time becoming a commodity, something that we sell. We already do that too much. This totally arbitrary idea that we're supposed to work eight hours a day for five days a week. Why? Slow down a little bit. Your time, is more valuable than that. Because time is the very thing in which you grow, in which you become, in which you're always becoming. And if we're not careful, then making time a commodity that is always slipping away makes us wish that we had more of it. The reality is, though, is that we have all the time that we need. We have eternal life, eternal time with Christ. It's like Jesus is screaming back at us, you are significant, you have eternity with me, you have value with me. So my challenge for you this week is to watch how you use your time. Watch for your focus. Push back against this rational view of Ecclesiastes. And look for God in all of the ordinary places. Look for the changes that are happening within yourself. Look for the meaning that is in this constant flow of time that moves us always closer to Christ. And enjoy that transformation. Because recognizing the value of time in that way is not in vain, it's not fleeting. It looks to a future beyond what we can rationalize or imagine, a future with Christ. Remember that you are loved and that you are significant. Amen.